Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. Hey, Pete's back. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm interrupting a conversation in process. Yeah, so well, I, wait, I wait, apologize where did you come from? <laughs> I, I promise I will contribute to the best of my ability. You're always welcome. You're always welcome. <laughs> uh, and of course, back with us today, we have Eric Deutsch from The Escape from New York Minute. Hey. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me back yet again. We are having a wonderful conversation. It's hard to uh, boot you if we're have, like right in the middle of this big conversation. So <laughs> uh, we are looking at Iron Man Minute 98 on today's show. The minute starts with Obadiah taking Tony's last golden egg, and it ends with Obadiah showing Tony his legacy. It's very, uh, it's very wordy and descriptive. A lot of metaphors and similes that he's throwing around here. This is, uh, we're still in Tony's living room as uh, Obadiah just, just pops that, uh, pops that arc reactor right out of Tony's chest with his, uh, as we noted, his convenient extraction tool that he somehow has. Right. What else does he extract? We don't care, <laughs> but we know that it's that shaped. <laughs> it feels like it feels like this is a, a deep relationship moment where we finally uncover that both Tony and Obadiah are obsessed with cylinders. That's like all they ever think about and make tools accordingly. This is it's really kind of beautiful. It's sort of uh, meat cute, so to speak. <laughs> I, I guess you could look at it that way. It is a it is a strange little tool that he's made, and and it's I you know I wonder when he pulls it out and we get kind of that that side shot again. There's there's a quite a bit of smoke rising from it, and I wonder if he if the I mean as we know from the last minute he uh, he goes right through the shirt, and when he pops that extraction tool off of it, there is no piece of shirt stuck in it or that falls <laughs> off of it. So I guess maybe it's just kind of incinerating the shirt and maybe that's what the smoke is that we see rising from it. I don't know. I, I thought so too. I, originally, I thought, God, is that, I mean, we already know that Tony is clean shaven uh, from earlier scenes. I originally thought maybe it like burned chest hair or something, but no. Ah! I, yeah, right? Right? <laughs> Horrific. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's shirt. And uh, it's yeah. so sinister to just start for Obadiah to just start burning clothes. It may be the most sinister thing he's done in this movie so far. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that. <laughs> I don't know if you'd win that argument, but... <laughs> you know what this thing is starting to remind me of? Another uh, MCU thing, the thing that Loki uses uh, on that guy's eye. In the Avengers. Oh, it's right. It's sort of similar. Like, you know, like that thing kind of seems to have no function other than to, you know, screw up a guy's eye. And it's it's sort of a similar, you know, you hold it with one hand. It's, it's even the same color. Uh, similarities there. It, that's actually an interesting point. I mean, these are bad guys who are, who are inventing things that are have a very specific purpose. And uh, it's it's like part of the, the, you know, the, the evil inventors club where they get to join. And they, you know, this is what I'm going to need. I'm going to need this because I'm going to need to one day, I don't know when, but I'm going to need to pull that out of Tony's chest. I just have a feeling. And Loki's the same thing. <laughs> I'd like, like to you go know. to that meeting. <laughs> like they, they start out with like fancy ways to take corks out of bottles and then they move to like the, the RT units and eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's just awful. It's awful what they do here. Um, I did notice, and I don't know if it's uh, something that I can recall from Raza, but right at the beginning, when we when we see the close-up of Tony, about three seconds in this minute, he is a lot less veiny and a lot less gray than he was earlier. He does have the blood coming out of his ears like Raza, but I don't remember Raza kind of the, the veininess disappearing quite so quickly. Um, do you guys recall? Uh, I, I do not recall. I don't recall, but I have a question. And it's about the RT device. So I'm counting on you guys to give me some advice here, some guidance. This RT device, it is designed to keep the shrapnel from moving into his heart. Is that that's correct? Technically, uh, no. Great. Please tell me. <laughs> it's, it's, very con- it's very confusing. So it's designed to power the, the magnet that they installed to keep the shrapnel from going into his heart. Okay. Yeah, the reactor is basically replaces the car battery that was attached to him, right? Exactly. And, and the magnet is now, the first time that he builds it, it's the, the magnet is, we think, attached somehow to this thing. As he pulls it out, it yeah. seems like the magnet kind of comes out with it. Mm-hmm. Now it's all kind of in this one unit. So we think that as he pulls this out, the magnet and the arc reactor, everything gets popped out. That's really important. Have you you've talked about that on prior minutes? Yeah, I believe when uh, when he's having Pepper put the new one in. Okay, okay, okay. That's really important to me specifically. I have this this is a weirdly timed minute for me because uh I I have to comment on the makeup and the color of his face. Uh if in fact the magnet stops doing the thing with the shrapnel and it's pushing and and suddenly the stuff the shrapnel's moving into his heart causing disruption of the heart muscle uh, i just spent a week watching what happens when there is specific disruption to a heart muscle and tony like they nailed it like they absolutely nailed what it looks like when your heart either like starts beating super fast in sort of atrial fibrillation or uh, and and stops working and your blood stops circulating. It happens incredibly fast. And the color, I mean, he just turns gray. And that is exactly what I just experienced I, watching my own father go through this very thing. It is incredibly like uh, powerful. Having just seen this, it's it's really good. It's amazing that you've never told me that your father had an arc reactor in his chest. Yeah, I know. It was very strange <laughs> that this, it would take this minute for us to have this moment after <laughs> 25 years of friendship. Uh, it's Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, I, I guess, good to know that they got it so accurate. <laughs> it's creepy. It's really creepy. And how quickly over the course of this minute he goes from, because I originally had attributed the the color to the device that he put in his ear and i now i feel like they were the the they were going with the veins for the device and the heart impact for the grayness of his pallor well technically he does start turning gray kind of more in the last minute like with the Mm -hmm. paralysis device and uh, because i mean we don't get the unplugging until about halfway through this minute when when obadiah just kind of yanks it out and but but you're right. I mean, as soon as that happens, we cut to that side shot and Tony instantly already looks grayer again, like he's back to kind of looking a lot, a lot weaker by like 55. He's a ghost. And yeah. that was that was absolutely my experience. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Right now, in the in the early part of the scene that we're talking about right now, even though he's pulled the thing out, it's still connected. Right. So but you're saying that the the 
the magnet and the reactor are now one like the the magnet is also oh. in the piece that he pulled out is that what you're saying well you know I don't I don't fully understand the technology here. I don't know if anyone really does. Wait, you're not up to speed on this fantastical <laughs> fictional technology, Andy. What we understood from last time is Pepper pulls the last one out, the 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 initial one that he had created in the cave. And she just kind of, kind of she keeps pulling and accidentally pops it out, unplugging it. And we know it has to get plugged in. I don't really know why. I think somehow that relates to the magnet or the electromagnet i'm not 100 percent sure but when when he puts this in or the new device in it does have to get plugged in first and you can see all those cords going down into it and i don't know what they're plugging i don't know if that goes into his his <laughs> his spinal cord so that he can somehow control because we know somehow he is controlling the strength of the power of the arc reactor sometimes it's very bright sometimes it's very dim and it brightens when he needs it so it somehow it seems to be connected to the core of his essence maybe that's what it's, it's plugging into the core of it's Tony's to essence. essence of course it is oh man I'm glad we locked that one down I'm gonna write the scientists and, and tell them yeah. that we've Finally figured it out. <laughs> Dear scientists. How about this? He's plugging it into his midi chlorians. How's that? Oh, oh. Uh, that's, a, that's a home run of science fiction <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. Uh, it's all one universe. We've found the connection. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a good, a good reason. But we do know. He can have this out. It's obviously affecting him, but not so much as the paralysis is really what's affecting him. But what actually is the thing that causes him to go into another cardiac arrest, which is what happened last time when Pepper unplugged it, that's the that's the key. So as soon as Obadiah pops that plug out, that's when Tony's heart all uh, I don't I, again, I don't fully understand it. Like this shrapnel is like held in suspended animation as until the plug is popped. And then all of a sudden it just starts charging right into his heart again. I don't get it, but it's the magic of Marvel superheroes. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the midichlorian angle. I'm going to go with that. I think that's the one we need to lean in on. I feel like this uh, midichlorians in the, the Marvel Disney crossover. It's, Totally underrated. It's inevitable now that Disney owns everything. Yeah. Truth. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that answers my next question. I had, are, are the shards of metal now moving back into his heart? I, I don't get it. Uh, so another question I had, though, is how long does this paralysis last? I mean, as we mentioned in the last minute, he can kind of move his eyes a little bit and, and flare his nostrils. And obviously he can breathe. So there's some elements of his body function that that still works. But, um, I mean, if he's going into a cardiac arrest, I mean, last time when Pepper did it, I mean, it was pretty quick and it seemed like he, he was about to die if she didn't get that thing plugged in. Now, I feel like, okay, Obadiah is going to leave. Well, we don't know that. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we know that he's going into cardiac arrest here. How long is this paralysis? The only answer we are equipped to give is longer than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Right. That's all we know. That's all we know. <laughs> Me and my stupid rules. <laughs> you did this to yourself, man. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, in, in my, in, in the, in the ones that I host, we just assume everyone has seen the movie. It, it makes it a lot easier to talk about uh, <laughs> the, yes. the things and not have to worry about it. <laughs> 
You, you hear that, Andy? That speaks Sage to why I from break the rule all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> Practitioner. <laughs> uh, I, I do love, I gotta say, I do love this minute because it gives us this chance to have the arm around Tony paternal talk. And I, I think that does so much for their, you know, to to lend itself to their relationship and how, you know, Obadiah is, you can tell he's a madman, but he also, and he's super proud of what he's been able to do in, in wresting this technology away from Tony. But there's something in his body language, there's something in the affinity and the sort of intimacy that he has with Tony that allows him to, to sit in front of him and I think genuinely believe that he and Tony are marveling at this thing in the same way. Uh, and, and that is part of both his delusion and part of their relationship as kind of that, that father-son, mentor-mentee uh, kind of relationship we've drawn on in the past. I think it's really special and diabolical. Not to mention well-lit. <laughs> the way when he pulls that I try to have around. a sensitive, masculine, <laughs> vulnerability conversation with you, and I get well-lit. <laughs> I agree. Well, speak. Great well, point. Well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, speaking of dads, so he talks about Tony's dad. He talks about Howard Stark, who eventually becomes a very big deal in the MCU. Right. Now, it's interesting that, you know, now, 10 years later and however many movies later, we know Howard Stark worked in S.H.I.E.L.D. and he worked on Captain America. And I don't remember them ever mentioning he worked on the atomic bomb after this movie. Um, and I'm just I'm wondering if they had known for sure that the MCU was going to become what it was and that Howard Stark would be such a major part of the MCU's backstory. Would they have had Stain say your father worked on blank, whether it was Captain America or S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that, instead of the atom bomb. Because the atomic bomb is a bit of a cliche, you know, in movies to use. Like, oh, you know, he was a scientist who worked, you know, on the atomic bomb. It's it's something that just, you know, is pretty easy go-to for audiences to understand. It means, you know, they were smart and they were scientists. Um, and so I'm just wondering, because no one knew what this movie, if it was, was going to be ever anything else, that's what they went with. If they had had the plan ahead of time, if they had known what was going to happen ahead of time, I feel like this would have been a nice Easter egg that would have been a tease for a future movie. Oh, well, you know, your father helped create that super soldier, you know, or something along those lines. That would have been really interesting. I wonder if that would have kind of spoiled the excitement of the ending, but uh, it would have been really cool to actually have that in there, especially if it was something that they could have pulled that, you know, most people wouldn't have grab grabbed right mm. away. Um, but, you know, like Marvel super fans would go, oh, I think he's talking about such and such. You yeah. Know, maybe not necessarily Captain America, but maybe something else. Because, uh, I mean, you have to balance the line because obviously he was, I think it's Iron Man. Uh, which one is the one where we're seeing the flashback to the past? Is it the second one, right? Um, where he and War Machine are, are fighting uh, and, and we have got the flashback to when Howard is, was he working on like a flying car using the repulsor technology? Is that what he's trying to do? You guys remember? Boy, I, I, uh, I, yeah, honestly, I haven't seen Iron Man's two or three in a long time. It's something that he's doing yeah. and uh, it doesn't quite work right. But, and so it, it, you don't want him to say, you don't want Obadiah to say something like, uh, you, know, you know, your dad was working on the flying car or something because that really <laughs> not yeah. sold the moment. Um, and uh, I, I will say the thing about the atomic bomb it does sell the moment a lot, you know, and, and it's, 
in a weird, it's but in a weirdly dark way. You know, he helped give us the atomic bomb. Now, what kind of world would it be today if he was as selfish as you? Like, what is that saying exactly? It's like, so what gross. Dark, <laughs> dark worldview that Obadiah has. And I guess, you know, if you're in the world of weapons manufacturing, yes, maybe that is your point of view. Thank God we had the atomic bomb. Yeah, that it's really gross. And, uh, you know, we can ground it in uh, what we know of Obadiah as a, a warmonger himself, right? Needing war to be economically successful. It, but I think, you know, to Eric's point, like you could also ground it in some secret, like allegiance to to an underground organization. At this point, we're talking about Hydra early on in the MCU kind of expanded universe. And and I look at this sequence and I look, frankly, at his ring as he's holding up the the RT device in front of him. And he has this ring and it's so prominently placed. I, I feel like I want that to be an Easter egg that actually <laughs> shows that Obadiah is an, an early, you know, leader or something. And that 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 should have been something bigger. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it. Well, it's interesting that we haven't seen in, in uh, with all the flashbacks and things over the course of the MCU, uh, including you know the Agent Carter series. We've never seen the younger Obadiah Stane appear in anything, right? Yeah, that seems like that would be a nice element to have. Yeah, seems like such an easy, you know, an easy early uh, nemesis, figure. right? Plus, they already have the digital young Jeff Bridges from Tron Legacy that they could just, <laughs> they could just duplicate that and drop it in. <laughs> you know, I cannot, uh, you mentioned that ring, Pete. I, uh, I can't quite see it well enough to, to identify what it is. But something that was interesting in the script, when he, when he paralyzes Raza, and uh, that scene still is written as if the Mandarin is the villain, because he paralyzes Raza, and they, they have a brief exchange about, um, uh, about his boss. With the and and they you know he's twisting Raza's twisting his ring when they have that conversation and then after Obadiah um, paralyzes him and and his men kill all of Raza's men he takes that ring from Raza and leaves with it and they cut that mm. from the film but it does make me wonder if this is just a ring that he's had on the whole time and I should have been paying attention to this or if this is the ring that Raza was actually wearing making it potentially one of the ten rings. Yeah, that's, I guess, the theory as to why Raza kept kind of fiddling with his ring. Well, I find that a very tasty theory, Andy. That makes me feel great. <laughs> well, I say we run with it. <laughs> we'll call it a, we'll call it canon. Yes. <laughs> Just going back to actually your point that uh, that you guys were making a moment ago, there's an interesting way that the the scene ends when Obadiah, he's looking at this and he has this line that he delivers to Tony. He says, the sad thing is, we're both the good guys. And with all the talk about the atomic bomb and and everything, and, and actually to our point that we were having this conversation the other day, Eric, uh, about Obadiah being the hero of his own story, right? Right. Yep. It's interesting. This is very much that line where it's like, you know, we are the good guys here. It's dark and, and interesting the way that it's actually incorporated like that. Yeah, he, he he's, in his mind, he is not doing anything. He, the ends are justifying the means right now. It, you know, Tony, he's going to kill Tony. He, he's going to mentioned tomorrow that there's someone else he's planning on killing it's all collateral damage for this greater cause in his mind it does make me wonder what he's planning as far as the cleanup after all of this 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that's that tends to be villains' downfalls. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, he will get wrapped up in context of the film. But imagine if the story did not play out that way. Where I mean, imagine Tony dies right here, and that he kills Pepper. How does that story get spun? I, I'm very curious about that. Like, did somebody break into Tony's house and steal this thing out of his chest? What is the story that he's going to actually? Uh, spin for people. Highly dubious since now everybody knows that Tony is the Iron Man. But they wouldn't that, know that. that. They wouldn't have known. Well, that's right. I haven't seen the end. Oh, <laughs> curses. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, there's a lot, it feels like, that Obadiah does know that we take sort of assumptive that, that you know, he knows, in fact, it, in his head, we have to believe that he he believes when he takes this thing out of his chest that that uh, uh, that Tony's going to die, right? I mean, that that's his assumption. But how does he know that? Like, how does he, how does he, what gives him that uh, evidence that says Tony won't actually fall down the stairs and and save himself? Like there has to be a sense of time, like how, that he has enough time to get away. That's actually a really good point because he doesn't know. All he knows is that Tony built this device in his chest and used it to help escape. I don't think he ever really had the conversation that not only is this a tool that helped me power the suit so I could escape from Afghanistan, mm -hmm. but it also is keeping the shrapnel from penetrating my heart. Right. And so if Obadiah doesn't know that, all he thinks he's doing is stealing this thing from Tony and then potentially leaving Tony alive minus this power tool in his chest, basically. Right. Well, could we assume that that I mean, because at least several weeks have passed over the course of this movie, if not a couple of months. I mean, could we assume off camera that conversation happened? Oh, I sure. I mean, he's supposedly, you know, his business partner and his old his father figure at some point. He would have told him, you know, oh, you know, my heart's all screwed up. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely makes sense. I, I, I think it's just always frustrating in context of the film when you don't get that. It's like, well, yeah, it does leave yeah. those questions hanging. Well, and I don't think that addresses why Obadiah doesn't kill Tony, right? Doesn't find some way to actually make it permanent. For a guy who's as organized and diabolical and takes a, a team of, uh, you know, soldiers with him to Afghanistan and lay waste to an entire, you know, encampment, it seems like this is a thing he would have thought of, uh, thought about. Yeah, he's, he's suffering from villainitis in this minute yes. because he <laughs> totally. also, I mean... He he knows Pepper was on the phone with him. He knows that Pepper is probably now going to come over or send someone over. But he sits down and to chat to give him the stereotypical villain story. You know, yes. he's not taking the thing out, taking a pillow and putting it over Tony's head, and then getting the hell out of there. Right. And right. I yes, it, that's when it it becomes a comic book. You know, yeah, for as much yeah. of the good stuff that's going on in this scene and the relationship stuff and the vulnerability that apparently you guys have no interest in talking about. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think this is where we get into th this opens the door to uh, some of the stuff that I think is a little bit comic book ludicrous for a movie that's so grounded otherwise. Well, and I think that's where a lot of people like we're hitting that point where a lot of people start having issues with this yeah. film, where all of a sudden the turn that Obadiah makes here starts feeling a little like uh, like out of out of left field. It's like eh, yeah. it doesn't quite make sense for him to go about it this way. I mean, I, I get that he's like this corporate villain, but why is he willing to now kill Tony and steal this thing and, you know, monologue and all these sorts of things that all of a sudden seems 
like it doesn't quite fit the character. And so I, I, I still love this film. I don't have huge issues with it, but I definitely see why people who uh, struggle with it have those problems with the way that Obadiah makes this turn here. Totally. I don't think I have anything else for this minute. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, I have one. Yeah. The, the, when he's sitting there saying, oh, it's beautiful, uh, you know, looking at, at the reactor, it immediately made me think of in Rogue One when they test the Death Star and uh, Director Krennic says the same thing as he's watching the destruction. He says, oh, it's beautiful. And he says it in such a, uh, and, you know, and, and a matter of, of just total awe. And it just makes me feel like, you know, nothing says insane sadist like saying an object of death and destruction is beautiful. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We know uh, we've known all along where his primary interests lie yes. and that this is such a beautiful like display of it. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. And it, again, it speaks to the connection of these universes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's my my second Star Wars reference. Right. Chlorians, <laughs> evil villains. Uh, it's wonderful. Well, Eric, uh, thanks so much for joining us again today. Oh, more than happy to be here. Would you like to remind everybody where they can find you out there on the interwebs? Yes. So uh, Escape from New York, get that anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can go to growlermedia.com. And we have a group on Facebook, and we're also on Twitter to chat about it. Twitter is NY Minute Pod. Facebook is Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. And my previous Movies by Minute was Flash Gordon Minute. That's also at growlermedia.com. And that Facebook fan page is the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Fantastic. Well, Pete, thanks again for uh, for <laughs> for joining us. <laughs> I, I, I live to serve, Andy. Sneaking serve. in. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. Bye.